Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all.
welcome, welcome everybody to Soul Purpose Healing. My ninth year on Blog Talk Radio with Soul Purpose Healing. And I've joined a beautiful family of women called the Female Solution. And I'm so proud to have my granddaughter sitting over here in my space with me because she represents a new generation. That's her beautiful face there. And she's full of fun and laughter and joy. She brings me much joy. And uh, I'm very proud to be her grandmother because this is a position that I'm holding for a temporary period of time. And I'm proud to be able to talk to her, communicate to her, and share with her values in life. And that's what this show is about tonight, hoarding, clutter, and attachment. When is it time to let go? When is it time to let go? What? what? Things, things, things. Well, that's what we're talking about tonight, letting go of things. And there's no wrong or right answer. Let me say that from the beginning. There is no wrong or right answer. We're here tonight with some uh, friends in the Blog Talk Radio studio, and we're going to be bringing in some YouTube visitors, and Jasmine's going to sit over there and play with her, her stuffed animal while Grandma plays videos. And does. And I'm so glad she's here because her energy is full of love and wisdom and compassion. She has a lot of compassion like her grandmother. So thank you for joining me tonight. You can watch me tonight on Facebook Live, uh, Viata, Vieta, or Facebook Live, Soul Perfect Healing. If you don't want to call in, you can make comments on Facebook, and I will watch for those comments right here in the live stream studio. And if you're in the studio, I want you to press 1. Press 1 when you have a comment or a question. And as I said, we're talking about value, things of value in our life, hoarding, clutter, and attachments. When is it time to let go? There's no wrong or right answer. Let me say that from the beginning. There is no wrong or right answer when it is time to let go. I am going to share with you my own testimony from the month of June. Let's see, April, May, June. April, May, June. For three months, I learned about letting go from the synchronicity of events in the universe that I live in, in Orlando. The synchronicity of events told me to let go. It wasn't this strong, powerful, thundering voice that said, let go, let go. It was a soft voice of synchronicity that told me to let go. And it started with a car accident, okay? The car accident that I was in on April 19th. I'm driving along in my wonderful Prius that I was attached to because it was a vehicle that got me wherever I wanted to go even to the beach and everywhere. I love this vehicle. It, it didn't take a lot of gasoline, didn't take a lot of money to fuel this vehicle. And so I love my Prius. I love my Prius. And then, boom, someone backed into the right rear tire, the side of my car. Boom. Started, and an 18-year-old girl backed into my car, and uh, she called her dad. She was in tears. Poor thing was in tears. She hadn't been in an accident before. I had to be the chosen one for her to back her truck into my car and damage all the metal around the right rear tire. 
long story short, from April 19th to uh, 40 days later, uh, having my car at a Crash Champions auto shop and having rented a car for 40 days by the uh, grace and power of, of Geico and the insurer, the, the person who backed in me had plenty of insurance. So we used their insurance to give me a, a rent a car for 40 days. And the auto company said about 15, 20 days into it, said, well, this car is really in bad shape. We probably should total it. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't let go of it. I can't let go of it. I have to keep my car. So I provided receipts of all the money I put into this car, all the money I had invested in keeping this car running. Almost $5,000 in the last three years, I replaced the hybrid battery. I replaced some other thing in the car. It was expensive. Oh, after three years, I had invested over six, oh, almost $6,000 in this car. So I wasn't ready to let it go. So I sent them the receipts, and they said, okay, we're going to fix this car because the value just went up because you had invested so much money in that car. The value went up. Yay! So I waited and waited, and then 40 days ended, and guess what? When you own a Prius car, the battery, the hybrid battery, is a big deal when it comes to repairing the metal, fixing the metal. They have to dismantle the hybrid battery and then put it back together, and that added another $3,000 onto the repair cost for that car. So that car went all the way up to $9,000 expense to fix that car, and the auto shop and the insurance company said, nope, this is a total. We're going to give you a check and say bye-bye to that car. No, no, I don't want to let that car go. I did not want to let that car go. But after I got the car back and I said, I'm going to drive this car, I'm going to find someone to fix the car because it has value, it has value. And when I did my investigation and found out how much work it would be to get that car fixed and how Toyota, did not want to fix the battery unless the Geico insurance was still there, blah, blah, blah. I had to let it go. I had to let that car go. Give me, send me the rest of my uh, uh, money, scrap money, whatever you call it, and hey, let me do what I need to do for me. See, what I, in that situation, I let go of that car, and I realized I'm the valuable vessel here. I'm the vessel with value. So I took most of that money and put it, invested it in me. Got new glass. I ordered new glasses. Uh, I fixed my door. I invested it in the vessel and the housing that I have here. Now, the second incident where I have to tell you about where I had to learn to let go is for the past uh, 10 years, I invested in some real estate property, invested in some real estate property. And the relationship with the people that invested in this property was, let me say, what was it? Challenging to say the least. The contractor who invested in the property with us to fix up this house uh, was extremely controlling, didn't want any input from the women who had invested in the property. So nine years later, I had a meeting, recent meeting with this person and I realized all the confusion, the chaos, and everything that went into not even having a deed on this property that I heard a small voice tell me, it's time for you to let go 
of trying to be involved in a transaction that is not giving you peace, not giving you peace. Oh, wow. Okay, whatever. I was like, I was ready to let go because this property was beginning to be more expensive. The house was old. I think this house is probably 70 years old. And the expense to prepare this house was beginning to be more and more and more. And we still don't have the deed to the property. So what do you do in a case like that? You let go. You let go. Why? Because we're in a time of peace. It's time for all of us to consider the value of peace. What is the value of peace in your life? What is the value of having less stress in your life? That's when it's time to let go. And, again, this if you're just joining us, the title of this show is Hoarding, Clutter, and Attachments. When is it time to let go? There is no right or wrong answer to this question. It's time to let go when a person has more value in the, not the things that they're attached to, but more value in the lifestyle and the peace and the joy and the things that can come when you are free of the burden of things. So that's the beginning introduction to this show on hoarding, clutter, and attachments. When is it time to let go? I want to reemphasize over and over again, there's no wrong or right answer to this question. When is it time to let go is a matter of the universe, spirit, God, creator, Yahuwah, whatever you call source. It's a matter of your relationship with source speaking to you about what is valuable in your life and what is taking up the time in your life that you need to spend more time on other things that bring you joy, that bring you peace, instead of putting value in things. So there's no right or wrong answer. And that's why I'm bringing in some experts on this subject, uh, clutter on the subject of clutter and and, um, hoarding. So my first guest is going to talk to us about why are we so attached? This is a very uh, inspirational message about why are we so attached. It, it answers a question on a, a physical level. It answers a question on many levels. Why are we so attached to things? What's, it, what's with this? And we're going to hear from someone who has studied this topic and who can give us some insight and thought-provoking words. Tonight tonight is all about thought-provoking words. Listening to other voices and listening to the higher voice and asking yourself, where do you place value in your life and how is your life uh, functioning in all this value that you're placing on other things or not on yourself? Because as I said, with the two synchronistic events in my life that whispered to me, let go, let go, I started to look at what is more valuable in my life, my car or me. I'm going to invest in me now. And then I asked, what what is more valuable, the relationship with people who are bringing me conflict and stress or a relationship free from that 
where I have other people in my life who bring me joy. So here's the question we're at. Why are we so attached? Let's listen to this four-minute message about why are we so attached After witnessing the violent rage shown by babies whenever deprived of an item they considered their own, Jean Piaget, a founding father of child psychology, observed something profound about human nature. Our sense of ownership emerges incredibly early. Why are we so clingy? There's a well-established phenomenon in psychology known as the endowment effect, where we value items much more highly just as soon as we own them. In one famous demonstration, students were given a choice between a coffee mug or a Swiss chocolate bar as a reward for helping out with research. Half chose the mug and half chose the chocolate. That is, they seemed to value the two rewards similarly. Other students were given a mug first and then a surprise chance to swap it for a chocolate bar, but only 11% wanted to. Yet another group started out with chocolate and most preferred to keep it rather than swap. In other words, the students nearly always put greater value on whichever reward they started out with. Part of this has to do with how quickly we form connections between our sense of self and the things we consider ours. That can even be seen at... I'm going to start that over because I thought I was running the video. You got it. You, I want to show the video for those who are in um, Facebook. So I'm just going to start that over. It's a four-minute video, but I'm starting the, the Facebook video along with the audio. So pardon me for disrupting that, but we'll start over. And, again, take notes in your mind of the key words in this, why, why are we so attached? After witnessing the violent rage shown by babies whenever deprived of an item they considered their own, Jean Piaget, a founding father of child psychology, observed something profound about human nature. Our sense of ownership emerges incredibly early. Why are we so clingy? There's a well-established phenomenon in psychology known as the endowment effect, where we value items much more highly just as soon as we own them. In one famous demonstration, students were given a choice between a coffee mug or a Swiss chocolate bar as a reward for helping out with research. Half chose the mug and half chose the chocolate. That is, they seemed to value the two rewards similarly. Other students were given a mug first and then a surprise chance to swap it for a chocolate bar, but only 11% wanted to. Yet another group started out with chocolate and most preferred to keep it rather than swap. In other words, the students nearly always put greater value on whichever reward they started out with. Part of this has to do with how quickly we form connections between our sense of self and the things we consider ours. That can even be seen at the neural level. In one experiment, neuroscientists scanned participants' brains while they allocated various objects either to a basket labeled mine or another labeled Alex's. When participants subsequently looked at their new things, their brains showed more activity in a region that usually flickers into life whenever we think about ourselves. Another reason we're so fond of our possessions is that from a young age, we believe they have a unique essence. 
Psychologists showed us this by using an illusion to convince three to six-year-olds they built a copying machine, a device that could create perfect replicas of any item. When offered a choice between their favorite toy or an apparently exact copy, the majority of the children favored the original. In fact, they were often horrified at the prospect of taking home a copy. This magical thinking about objects isn't something we grow out of. Rather, it persists into adulthood while becoming ever more elaborate. For example, consider the huge value placed on items that have been owned by celebrities. It's as if the buyers believed the objects they'd purchased were somehow imbued with the essence of their former celebrity owners. For similar reasons, many of us are reluctant to part with family heirlooms, which help us feel connected to lost loved ones. These beliefs can even alter our perception of the physical world and change our athletic abilities. Participants in a recent study were told they were using a golf putter once owned by the champion Ben Curtis. During the experiment, they perceived the hole as being about a centimeter larger than control participants using a standard putter, and they sank slightly more putts. Although feelings of ownership emerge early in life, culture also plays a part. For example, it was recently discovered that Hadza people of northern Tanzania, who are isolated from modern culture, don't exhibit the endowment effect. That's possibly because they live in an egalitarian society where almost everything is shared. At the other extreme, sometimes our attachment to our things can go too far. Part of the cause of hoarding disorder is an exaggerated sense of responsibility and protectiveness toward one's belongings. That's why people with this condition find it so difficult to throw anything away. What remains to be seen today is how the nature of our relationship with our possessions will change with the rise of digital technologies. Many have forecast the demise of physical books and music, but for now at least, this seems premature. Perhaps there will always be something uniquely satisfying about holding an object in our hands and calling it our own. about the words that were used to describe attachment. I thought it was interesting the word value kept coming up. Relationship comes up. Responsibility comes up. And even culture. There's an interesting video that our Vice President Kamala Harris was asked to define the word culture. It was comedy, pure comedy, the way she she uses word salad, so her words to describe culture were like made you scratch your head, like, what did she just say? And she's often like that. So I love watching Kamala Harris because she's so an interesting performer, and you get the popcorn out, and you're like, wow, that was a good performance. But relationships, value, culture, what are your thoughts about the attachments that you have in your life that speak to you and your friends and relatives about a relationship that you're having with these things. It speaks to all of us. If you think of us as a collective family of believers, of human beings, then what we value is really um, a sign to others about 
compassion assigned to others about understanding, overstanding, and understanding. These are these are the things I'm learning uh, about the people in my own life who demonstrate a relationship or an attachment to things more than I have an attachment to things. And it's, as again, there's no wrong or right in this these situations. We are learning so much about adverse childhood experiences. We're learning so much about uh, drama in, in our childhood. We're learning so much about trauma in our childhood. So we can really observe the hoarding, the clutter, and the attachment with a lot of compassion if we begin to overstand, understand, and understand our own value system as well as the value system of our friends and loved ones who seem to be more attached to their things because there's clutter or hoarding or whatever. And I think it's a a period for all of us to have more compassion and not judge so much, but to learn from these experiences and then live our lives in a way that gives out the essence, the unique essence that if you were listening to that teaching about why we're so attached. In the beginning, he said that we even look at our things as having this unique essence of either beauty or memories or uh, reminders or power even of a teddy bear or a stuffed toy. And the memories that we attach to our things are so powerful. And as long as we see value, more value in our things, then maybe the people who disappointed us, the people who harmed us, the people who hated us, then it's a period of adjustment to let go of the things and cling to the people who love us, the people who care for us, the people who are showing compassion toward us the people who are giving smiles, the people who are giving hugs, then I think the person can let go of the attachment to things when they see more love demonstrated. And that seems to be the problem that I'm observing is that people who are attached to things is because they haven't had enough love in their lives. So it's really challenging not to judge uh, the person who's attached and finds value in their things and to find a way to express more love and compassion and even wisdom in those situations so that we bring our essence, our unique essence. Instead of that person having a unique essence, seeing a unique essence in their things, we have an opportunity to bring unique essence to that person's life. And that's what's missing, I think, in a lot of the relationships out there. Why people have a relationship with their things? Because they haven't had any quality examples of quality relationships with people. It's been a struggle to have a great relationship with people in your life because you start out, as they say, with babies. A baby is taken away from their mother instead of clinging to the nipple or the breast of that mother, that's actually where the distortion, 
the confusion starts with adult, with people, with humans being attached to things versus people, the love of people, attracted and wanting more and more of the love of people versus the unique essence of things. Um, there are a lot, so many of the people in my life, my sister for one, she likes to go to thrift stores. And she'll find everything in that thrift store, anything for me or for her grandchildren or for somebody. She always looks for things that can help other people or that she thinks can help other people. And then there there are people in my life who want to bring me things, but when you live in a 320-square-foot house, you don't need any things in this house. Believe me, I I have furnished my place with enough things that I use, that I need, even my bookcase, I look at my bookcase sometimes and think, ah, maybe I've got too many books. But I have reduced the amount of books that I used to have from like 200 to eh, maybe 50, maybe 75. I don't know. I haven't counted them lately. But even then, it seems like sometimes too many books on my bookshelf. Because here's the reality about books. We've got a lot of people attached to books in my life. Uh, I remember my stepmother had a whole wall of Bibles and books in her house. And I thought, how often does she read those things? How often does she even use those books? And then she moved all those books to her basement. And I counted 35 Bibles in her house. And I realized after, especially after her transition, that those Bibles represented something of value to her in the way of esteem and, and uh, honor to her to people who came into her house. Uh, it was a status thing. It was really more about status. And I wonder how many of you or us are holding on to books even for status. Because how many times are you actually reading those books? When I had to uh, downsize from a 3,000-square-foot house to 160-square-foot um, tiny house on wheels, believe me, it was hard to let go of my books. But here's what I did. I had to look at all those books. I had to look at over 200 books, and I asked myself, Can, are these, is this information available anywhere else? And I said, yes. We've got Internet now, even though Internet can be distorted and changed and, and used for nefarious reasons. But I looked at all those 200 books, and each book that I picked up to either pack or give away or throw away, I asked myself, is this knowledge something that I am going to go back to to either remind myself of this truth or remind myself of the knowledge or the value in this book? So it became easier for me to give away and even throw away or or donate some of those books to people or other institutions that needed that knowledge that I already had up here. I already had it up here. And even now, we're going to talk about, um, uh, I think we might be ready for a break. Uh, let's see. We're going to talk about after the break, I think. Let me see. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the value in books that we need to share with other people. We like to hold on to our books because we value the knowledge that's in the books, right? 
And then there are some, again, who for prestige, prestige or, 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 or just um, um, the idea that I have all these books and I'm knowledgeable and I'm, I'm educating and I'm a teacher and all that. But here's something to think about as we go to the break. How many people in your life or even strangers would appreciate if you gave them some of those books? If your books are cluttering your house, if your books have dust on them, guess what? You're not using those books. So think about books, books alone in your, in your environment, in your surroundings, that maybe someone else could, could value as much as you valued them when you first uh, received them, read them. Those are the thoughts we have in thinking, is it time to let go? If your books have dust on them, it's time to let go, maybe, question mark. Because, again, there are no right answers. Uh, or wrong answers tonight. Every one of us is so different that we have to stop judging why a person finds value in their things, and we have to just present to them something of greater value is my, my belief. And I hope with all the audios we listen to that talk about ownership, connections to ourselves and others, unique essence of the things that we have, the culture that we're in, the responsibility we bring to our things and others, and then the relationship that we have or don't with other people and our things that are not permanent. So Naima is ready for um, uh, the commercials, but Naima, press one, because I got so many numbers here, I don't know which one's yours. Okay, let me see. Must be the 312 number. Okay, I'm going to try this one. <laughs> Three one two seven two one. I believe that's our executive producer, Naima Latif. She's in the Female Solution Studio with us tonight. Thank you. And she's going to play some commercials for us. And while we just think about the relationship we're having with our things currently, and is it time to let go? It's all your choices, all your thoughts, your decisions. Do you have valuable relationships that we can replace the things that you have? So thank you, Naima for uh, the commercial. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim, 
of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. July 9th, 23, it's a five, so five to me represents grace, mercy, all those good things that we have when in a good relationship with spirit, with creator, with the divine, with God, with Yahuwah. When we have a beautiful, intimate relationship with the spirit of the Most High, we don't need things as much. So it's, it's, it's thoughtful of us tonight. As we think about, is it time to let go of anything? Like I said, I think it's time for me to let go of some of these books because they have dust on them sometimes, but I don't use them as often. But they look good. They represent status. They represent education and all the things that we see in the books on our shelves. We're attached to them because they remind us of how knowledgeable we are, right? And here's um, I want to go to our next audience. If you don't have a question or comment, then I'm going to keep bringing in voices of reason, voices of wisdom tonight to help us think about hoarding clutter and attachments. When is it time to let go? Again, there's no right or wrong. There is no right or wrong to this answer because it has to do with your relationship with yourself, your relationship with the people in your past, your relationship with the creator of heaven and earth, your relationship with nature, all of these things in your life are going to determine when it's time for you to let go of the things that might be crowding your space, the things that might be crowding your mind even. If you have too many things in your life, you're going to find a lot of times headaches and confusion, anger, bitterness, uh, reacting, reacting to things because having a lot of things that you are relating to and uh, you're finding value in things rather than nature, rather than people like this grandson that just showed up in my house. <laughs> I got both grandchildren here. There's my value. That's, that's the things I have find value in. 
So I want to get keep going with words, Jonah. Jonah, excuse me, Jonah. Shh, grandma's on the on the show tonight, so I want you and your sis, grand, your sister to be quiet, please. So I love that they come in now and then and and show their value to me. <laughs> That's what I see in these beautiful souls. And so tonight we're thinking about the hoarding, clutter, and attachments, whether they're interfering with us having peace and better relationships, not just with other people, but with your creator and nature. Because it's going to be, in my mind, difficult to have relationships with other uh, non-physical energy if you have to take care of the things in your space, in your car. See, I don't have a car anymore, and I thought about I don't have to put gas in it. I don't have to have insurance on it. So after I got over the stress of letting go of my Prius, I realized what a blessing it was to not have a car because I do have a son who has a car, and when he works at home, I can borrow his car. I bought a padded uh, bike uh, short so I can ride his bike even, and I give thanks that I have even the physical ability to do that. So when you let go of something that is being forced out of your hand, like my car, and this relationship I had with people I invested in real estate, when you finally release the tension, the stress about these things, you really begin to see, or I would say spirit, uh, creator, God, divine, start to show you the value other areas of your life that you miss because we miss the other values in relationships and people and nature because we're so busy taking care of the things in our environment. So here's another um, piece on why people have the hoarding disorder. And this is a very short two-minute um, so all of us um, uh, enjoy having objects that bring meaning to and um, joy to our life. Uh, individuals with hoarding disorder are no different from all of us. We have three main reasons that uh, we um, keep objects. So one is uh, sentimentality, something that reminds you of a happy time or a loved one. The second is the aesthetics. Um, you know, walking along the beach and seeing a beautiful seashell, you want to take it home and, uh, and remember the beauty of, of, of the day and the, and the object. And the other is the usefulness. So I don't want to throw this away. It could come in handy someday. Um, now, individuals with uh, hoarding disorder have these same reasons, but they're magnified. So objects may have all three of these reasons, or the feelings may be more intense. And that's really where the attachment comes in and, and the difficulty parting with objects. Individuals with hoarding disorder um, are very creative, and they can come up with lots of uses for a particular object. And um, you know, we've had uh, clients where uh, something as simple as a toilet paper roll—they uh, could use it for binoculars for uh, a kid's, uh, um, a child's science fair project. Um, you know, it could be donated to a local school. Uh, an art project could be made out of it. However, one of the differences that distinguishes an artist versus somebody with hoarding disorder is that those ideas are not fulfilled and realized. 
So when you ask somebody with hoarding disorder, they um, uh, don't have plans to donate it to a school. Um, they don't have plans to make an, an object. As they may have plans, but they don't actually execute on that. One of the things I would say about hoarding disorder is that um, it stems from uh, some characteristics deep within us as human beings that are actually positive. So um, wanting to uh, be uh, con conserving uh, resources and uh, throughout uh, the evolution of man, um, it's been important in times of uh, uh, relatively few resources to um, gather resources, and it's been very adaptive. But as time has gone, gone by with um, industrial revolution and also a lot of advertising, um, we get more and more pressure that taps into the, that fundamental need to save and conserve resources. So she brings up a really important point. And I, before I talk about it, our, our Monday morning host, Zelda, says, Grand evening, beautiful mind. Thank you, uh, Zelda, for taking us to that thought of beautiful mind. Letting go is a challenge, but it takes lots of mental work on oneself. So, so thought-provoking, that statement, mental work on oneself and that's why we're talking about this subject tonight because it's a journey it really is uh, a journey to overcome our past influences and our past programming as to what is valuable right what we're looking at tonight is the value of the things in our life, whether it's a piece of paper or any item that is taking up space in your environment, what type of value are we placing on it? Is it, is it bringing fashion? Is it bringing peace? Is it bringing joy to you? That's the question we ask. If, if the things in your environment are more frustrating or or sentimental in a way that you cry about these things as you think about them, or they're not aesthetic like seashells. I mean, every time I go to the beach, I pick up seashells if they're unique or different. And at some point, I had to just get rid of or give them away because I had collected too many. But seashells have a special, unique essence. Seashells are, in fact, carrying with them <clears throat> the energy of the ocean. And when you look at seashells, they are actually crystal, forms of crystals that have value in, them, in the energy that they bring to a place. So I always look at the seashells, and I even now I have seashells around my bathtub. <laughs> Every time I go to the beach, I see a new seashell, and I go, where am I going to put it? I don't want to clutter, but they have value in terms of their physical, aesthetic, and their their unique energy of the vibration of the ocean and the crystals. So that's what we want to be doing when, when Zelda says it's a mental work on oneself. The mental work is about thinking, looking at what you, what is bringing you joy, what is bringing you peace, what is disturbing your peace, and why are you attached things in uh, that may be from your past. That's the those are some of the questions we have. You're just joining us. The question we're asking 
uh, when is it time to let go, the hoarding, the clutter, and the attachment? It's not a wrong or right answer. It's an answer that uh, means, that, that suggests or demands that you do the mental work and ask yourself in meditation even, what do I really value? Do I not have any human relationships that I can put value in and get rid of some of the things that are collecting dust? Are your things collecting dust and you're not even cleaning them? Then they, do they really have value? If you have things that are collecting dust and you're not even dusting them, what is the value? Then that's when the mental work goes to a level of understanding, understanding the uh, subconscious feelings, the subconscious uh, emotions that you carried that have placed value in something that is collecting dust. So let me go to the phones. We do have someone who's pressed one, and I want to hear from you. What is, what are you, are you struggling in this area? And so far, are these words that we're bringing up, are they helpful in any way to you to begin to think about improving your environment? Three two one three six eight. your mic is open. Thank you for joining us tonight. Actually, are you there? Check your mute Actually, button. Thank you so much. After, after I had um, put my hand up, I was going to attempt to try to answer the question. Now I'm trying to remember the question. <laughs> when You're is talking... it time to let go? Okay, now when is it time to let go? Okay, I. I'm thinking that the answer to that question would be the time, when is the time to let go would be when you have a transformation of your way of thinking. And okay. And you actually have that, you're not, as far as you're concerned, the individual that's hoarding, that time is not going to come until they have that change of mind and they're renewed in their mind. And I, I think if you look at, We'll say the typical hoarder. The typical hoarder is, is usually living alone. And then, if you were were able to sit down and talk with that that hoarder over a period of time, you would probably discover that that person has a great loss. Um, as I listened to the uh, the expert that just. Uh, uh, spoke, I was thinking that she would touch on something like that, but she didn't. And so I'm sure you probably have another one who may touch on that area. But if you were to talk to that hoarder, more than likely that hoarder has a great loss in their life. And so due to that traumatic experience, once again, you a lot of times you like to talk about emotional um uh, we'll say emotional problems that stem from childhood or from uh, a previous uh, experience in our lives, and and that hoarder more than likely has has an, uh, maybe numerous experience of loss, and so during the process of of the uh, the trauma of that loss, that person has just become clingy. They don't want to lose anything else. And so right. they say everything. 
And so what it is is a it's a it's an imbalance in the natural uh, as one as the first uh, person was was talking about on your first audio. Um, okay, we have we we naturally as even as babies are we have that natural sense of ownership. And if you take something away uh, that we have in our mind that we own, yes, of course we're going to some kind of way retaliate or something. The baby's going to cry and raise uh, throw a temper tantrum. Now, what what we used to do when when uh, when our babies were were babies, were toddlers, and you know how toddlers want to go around and touch on things, and that's how they learn. I think the doctors or someone had taught us that when you take something from the child, because we used to read a lot of stuff together, my wife and I, and so we learned that when you take something from that child, you give them something else, and they don't cry because you really, you just replace the item that you took, something that they really weren't supposed to have, but you took that and you gave them something that they can have, and then the child can appreciate that, and then they become involved in that. And so that's one way of dealing with children who tend to, you know, cry when you take something from them. Okay, think about that. Give them something back. And so then they still have a sense of ownership because you gave them something now that they can own until they're ready to discard it. And I could go on, but I'm not going to... um, I just wanted to talk about that that emotional uh, attachment of the hoarder to some great loss in their life. And so consequently, they don't want to lose again. They don't want to lose anything else again. And so they hoard onto everything. And with that, I'm out of here. So you are bringing out what that these audios don't talk about, which is why we're here tonight as a collective family unit to bring about the individual experiences that can help us all clean up our environment, whether inside or out. And I, I love the way you bring out um, the idea that that person had a loss. And so how do you heal the loss is, is one of the questions that people have to ask when it's time to let go is I need to heal from the loss. So that's why my work and any uh, work that a coach does is listening to people's loss, their, their expression of loss in their life and asking the questions, why, uh, why do you, uh, are, why do you still on to the grief or the sadness why is it that we hold on to grief and sadness I in my thinking we haven't replaced it with love and compassion for something in our life today and uh, I remember even with my own sister when she lost her child her 14 year old was killed hit by a car she had a hard time because she lived alone like you said living alone, and her oh, what she was missing, what she was missing, and until she found her, her situation didn't improve, and then eventually she just could not get over the loss, the grief 
unforgiveness and guilt. So there are areas that we're going to talk about next that that we need to think about the grief, the unforgiveness, and the guilt that we carry that are part of the loss. So thank you, uh, Mikael, for extending the wisdom on these audios, which is what my intention is for you, the listeners, to bring in your wisdom, your experience, and help us to really understand, understand, overstand this issue of hoarding, clutter, and attachments. When is it time to let go for peace, for joy, for healing? And it's really no wrong or right answer. The answer comes from you, from your ability to heal the sadness, the loneliness, the the grief. And so here's a, a another audio on how to let go. This is just four minutes of how to let go. It's just a suggestion. It may not be for you, but hopefully this person's uh, wisdom that they bring. I think all of these are, are bringing us wisdom to this topic. This one is how to let go. It's a Zen story uh, of of wisdom on how to let go. And there's so many ways to let go, but this is just one uh, piece on the wisdom of it all and how we can go back into ancient experiences and histories and metaphors. Let's just say it's a metaphor or symbolism or allegory. That's one of the ways that Christ uh, shared answers uh, for his disciples and for others was to bring metaphors. So this is kind of a, a metaphor or, or in a way. So let's just have an ear for this particular one, how to let go. In the tranquil hills of a faraway land, there lived a wise and gentle monk named Wuji, renowned for his profound understanding of the nature of suffering. People from far and wide sought his guidance in their quest for inner peace. One day, a troubled young woman arrived at the monastery where Wuji resided. Her face etched with worry lines, she approached the serene monk and tearfully shared her tale of heartbreak and loss. Venerable Wuji, she whispered, her voice filled with anguish. I carry within me the burden of past hurts and regrets. The weight of these sorrows is too heavy to bear. How can I find solace and learn to let go? Uji listened attentively, his gaze filled with compassion. He understood the depth of her pain, for he had witnessed countless souls trapped in the labyrinth of attachment. With a gentle smile, he beckoned her to sit beside him under the shade of a majestic Bodhi tree. Dear friend, Uji began, his voice like a soothing breeze. The art of letting go is a delicate dance with the rhythm of life. Imagine holding a fragile bird in your hands. If you clench your fists tightly, fearing its escape, you may unintentionally harm it. But if you cradle it gently, allowing it the freedom to soar, it will find its true nature. The young woman pondered his words, her eyes filled with both hope and hesitation. But how do I release the pain that lingers within me? How can I find the strength to let go? Uji extended his hand and cupped a handful of water from a nearby stream. He held it before her, the water shimmering in the sunlight, and said, 
Observe this water, for it holds a profound lesson. Notice how it flows effortlessly, adapting to the contours of the earth. It does not resist or cling to any particular shape or form. The woman watched as Wuji gently released the water, allowing it to trickle through his fingers and return to the stream. She sighed softly, captivated by the simplicity of the moment. Letting go, dear friend, begins with the recognition that all things in life are impermanent. Wuji continued, his voice tranquil yet resolute. Just as the water finds its way back to the stream, so too must we release our attachments and expectations. Embrace the ebb and flow of existence, and you will discover the freedom that lies within. Inspired by Wuji's words, the young woman felt a glimmer of hope awakening within her. She realized that true liberation comes not from clinging to what is gone, but from embracing the present moment and all its transient beauty. Days turned into weeks, and the woman immersed herself in Wuji's teachings. She learned to observe her thoughts and emotions with gentle detachment, allowing them to arise and pass away like passing clouds in the sky. She discovered the transformative power of acceptance and forgiveness, both for herself and others. Gradually, the burden that once weighed heavily upon her heart began to lift. In the sacred space of letting go, she found a newfound lightness of being and a profound sense of inner peace. Before bidding farewell to Wuji, the woman expressed her gratitude, her eyes brimming with serenity. Venerable Wuji, you have shown me the path of liberation. I will carry your teachings with me as I journey through life, embracing the art of letting go. Wuji smiled, his presence radiating wisdom and compassion. Remember, my dear friend, that letting go is not a one-time act but a continuous practice. With each passing day, may you find the courage to release what no longer serves you and embrace the boundless possibilities that await. As the young woman walked away, her heart filled with newfound strength and serenity. She knew that she carried within her the transformative wisdom of letting go, forever grateful for the gentle guidance of the compassionate monk. If you enjoyed the video, leave a like, subscribe, and check our channel for more. Thank you. The word transformative comes up, as uh, Mikhail mentioned, and it's not a one-time thing that happens when you, you're seeking to let go. It's a journey. And so we're seeking to gain the strength and courage tonight to take the steps that we need, if we're ready, to let go because we want to be prepared for the future. And so when we come back, if uh, Naima is ready for uh, the break, let me know. When we come back, um, we want to talk about the future a little bit and why it's really a time to let go because of what's going to happen in the future. Uh, as far as technology and the paradigm shift we're going through, the uh, the age of Aquarius, all of these things uh, in our in our future are reasons to start thinking about letting go. 
of your attachment to things because preparation for the future uh, begins with making space in your house, in your heart, your mind for what is about to happen on planet Earth. So we're going to take another break and stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be right back uh, with some more wisdom and help for letting go. Oh, man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456. And schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Do you worry about finances, family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions... Help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. Take advantage of the deal of the day. Go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com, where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato.
So we heard in that last audio about that soothing voice that's needed and that all things are impermanent. So when um, our Monday morning um, host, Velda, says in her comment, we're reminded it's a lifetime process. Just when you think you're about to let go, fear shows up. So, Velda, I would love to hear more about the fear that you're referring to because I think that's important uh, as we go through this process to fully understand that emotion that comes up of fear and why does it come up. Why do we have fear? when it's time to let go of things that are dusty, when we have, when it's, we, it's time to let go of things that are impermanent, why is there fear there? Because something tells us that we're not complete. Hey, God, now, one thing I'm going to say that nothing is taking you in the bathroom. Four, five, five, You're doing a bad thing. Okay, I don't know what that's going on there. Some kind of conversation going on that we don't want to hear. So uh, let's go to the audio, my next audio. We were talking about in the um, before the break, one of the reasons, again, the fear is something that needs to be considered when we make that decision that we want to change our environment. But then the other considerations like the future, what is going on in our future that should help us let go of the things in our current environment and help us live in the current in the present moment the power of living in the present moment i brought in ralph smart of course my favorite youtuber to help us think about what is going on on the spiritual metaphysical level that can maybe help us think about the future, being prepared for the future as a reason to clean up our current environment. Because not just technology is going to change our life, but the paradigms that we're used to, our educational system, our banking system, these things are going to require of us a stronger mind and healthier emotions. So when, when someone talks about fear, let's talk about Let's deal with that fear and let's get rid of it, let it go and, and process it and, 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 and find out why, ask, ask the question why. But let's hear from um, Ralph Smart. Peace, infinite waters diving deep once again. We are out here in the heart of nature. How are you feeling today, deep divers? I woke up like this all magical and fly. Gaia loves you, by the way, deep divers. The cat down the road is saying hi. Those birds. Wait a second. Don't, don't you dare. Who wants to shit on my head, deep divers? There's no place I'd rather be than with the birds, bees, leaves, and trees. How are you feeling today? <laughs> Look, deep divers, we are living in a whole new world. And this is not Aladdin. Mm. What? Slow motion this side. Mm. The world has changed so quickly. Did you see it? Did you catch it? No, you didn't. It just changed. You woke up and all of a sudden, it's a whole new world. Yes. And it's only going to keep changing. Oh, yeah. Because we are entering a whole 
new paradigm, a whole new earth. It's exciting, a very exciting time. And it's all about learning how to thrive in the new world, learning how to thrive in the new earth. Because your old way of life, it's ending, deep divers. Your old way of life, it's gone and for the better. And a new world is coming. Can you feel it? I can feel it. The cat down the road can feel it, deep divers. We got a whole lot to talk about. I want everybody to hit that like button if you support the real. Hit that like button right now if you support the real because we're about to take a deep dive. Oh, yeah. Let's breathe deep, divers. That was like a breath of fresh air. No pun intended. Let's go, deep divers. Woo! Breathing in that good ass prana, baby. Raising the frequency. Raising the vibration. Take that, take that, take that. Good ass energy I'm sending you. I'm FaceTiming you from the heart of nature, deep divers. There's no Wi-Fi, but there's a better connection. Imagine I'm FaceTiming you, because I don't even have an iPhone here. Look, if you are watching this video, I want you to remind yourself, deep divers, that in this very moment, you can trust that everything is going to be okay. And everything is going to be all right. All right? If you're ready, just say thank you. Now thriving in the new earth, thriving in the new world. Your old way of life is ending. Doesn't it feel like the whole entire matrix, the whole entire system, the Babylon system is crumbling, collapsing, programs crashing, things don't feel the same? Yeah, that's because we're entering a whole new paradigm. We're entering a whole new world. And we're going to have to learn how to navigate through this great transitional phase. But I'm here to be your pilot, deep divers. Are you ready? Trust me, I'm a doctor. We ain't even had breakfast yet. Can I get a hello? Beautiful deep divers. I only came here to give you the good news. This is how you start thriving in the new earth. This is how you start thriving in the new world. Your old way of life is ending and a new world is coming, deep divers. For thousands of years, for so long, humanity has been at a low frequency and vibration because it has become addicted to bad news, to the lower emotions, guilt, shame, grief, grief, apathy, fear, 
fear has ruled so many people's lives. I'm afraid. I'm so afraid. And I'm like, whatever. You know why? Because I let love guide me and not fear. And this is how to thrive in the new earth. You must put love first. You must put love first. Because in the fifth dimension, in the new world, only love exists there. Fear doesn't even exist there. Fear can't even go there. A universal law states two opposing frequencies cannot occupy the same time in space, deep divers. So where the world is moving, if you are off a certain vibration and frequency, is into the fifth dimension. And this is the reason why we have to learn that we've got to let go of this sinking ship. It's already hit the iceberg. The ship is sinking. The matrix is collapsing. The programs are crashing. And a lot of people know this. So it's all about saying, okay, right now, how am I going to thrive in the new earth? Because this old system, the expiry date has already passed. And your old way of life is ending. It's gone. Where did it go, Ralph? It's gone, deep dive. A new world is coming. But not everyone will get there. Some people will be buried alive with the old world. Right now, Deep Divers is all about raising the frequency, raising the vibration. This is going to help you thrive in the new earth, in the new world, the fifth dimension. You see, for so long, humanity was trapped in the 3D where fear was running rampant. Fear in the media, fear in the news, fear everywhere you look. Be afraid, be very afraid. And this has kept so many people prisoners. A lot of people have gone through life merely existing like zombies. Yeah, that's coming to an end, Deep Divers, because you didn't come here to exist. You came here to feel alive and be vibrant. If I touch you, Deep Divers, are you going to do this? Woo! That shows me you're alive. Or are you going to do this? Anybody there? (laughs) Thriving in the new earth, Deep Divers. Your old way of life is ending. A new world is is coming I wrote down this I pray for the day that good news becomes more popular than bad news and in the fifth dimension in the whole new world that's emerging for those who are of a certain for those who are of a certain frequency only good news is going to be floating around no time for bad news and lower frequencies the way we're going to thrive in the new earth is to do the work on ourselves right now. I always tell you, Deep Divers, the reason why I'm looking 18, oh, thank you so much, becoming my greatest version is because I'm working harder on myself than I work on my business. I realize that without inner work and self-work, there is no growth in life. 
and this is how you thrive in the new world, in the new earth. You must take a look at yourself to realize, like they said in ancient Egypt or Kemet, as above, so below, as within, so without. As we change our internal condition, our external reality matches that same frequency and vibration. So there's this whole saying, right? Match my energy. Ladies, you, you heard of it, right? Match my energy. He's got to match my energy. She's got to match my energy, right? You heard that, right? Well, in the new world, the new paradigm of love, the fifth dimension, you're going to have to match that energy. And if you don't, you're going to be stuck in the old world. And this is the reason why it's so powerful right now to see people doing that work on themselves. Congratulations, Deep Diver. Shout out to everyone who's working on themselves, who wakes up every single day, spends some time with themselves, maybe meditates, go for a walk, go for a swim with a cat down the road. The cat down the road loves you so much. Deep Divers, you're eating better now, seven-day vegan challenge. You're looking younger. You're saying, I don't want to eat from the dollar menu. I want to invest in my health because I've got to be here for a very, very, very long time. That's what the new world is all about. And that's how we thrive in the new world. Like, hey, do I know how to grow my own fruits and vegetables? Am I collecting seeds? Am I learning about agriculture? For so long, so many people have been so dependent on the matrix, on the system, on the Babylon system. And... We have to all take responsibility. We've all got to take responsibility for being so dependent on the system, which now is no longer serving us. So what are we going to do? We're going to say, okay, it was good being married to you for a long time, system, but now I'm getting a divorce. Bye. Mm. Slow motion this side. Mm. It's all about detaching from any energy, frequency, or vibration that's no longer serving you to make space for a frequency, energy, and vibration that's going to inspire you and take you to the next level. Oh, my gosh. It's starting to feel like that old infinite waters again, deep divers. No, it's that new infinite waters because I'm changing. I'm shedding my skin, deep divers, just like a snake every single second. Look, thriving in the new earth. Your old way of life is ending. A new world is coming. What keeps us trapped to an old world? Old belief systems. It's all BS. Belief systems. Oh my gosh. A lot of people have so many, so many limiting beliefs in this matrix. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm no good. I'm poor. I'm horrible. No one likes me. Nobody likes me. Not even the cat down the road, Ralph. The world is doomed. People are evil. Money is evil. Everything is terrible. Oh, thanks for being so positive. <laughs> In the new world, ain't nobody got time for that. We realize what we say becomes a reality. We realize what we think becomes a reality. And this is how to thrive in the whole new world that's emerging. It's already here. The, the, age of Aquarius deep divers us moving into this whole new age you're going to have to remind yourself word is bond whatever you say is creating something whatever you think is creating something so you can actually speak what you want into existence this is how to thrive in the new earth you now realize you're a co-creator 
You're not a victim of circumstance. You're a co-creator of your own reality. And if you don't like something, you can change it. You can make it work for you. Your old life is ending. Habits. Do you know where the word habit comes from, deep divers? Emanating from the Latin habitari, which means a dwelling place, a place to live. So in other words, when we say your habit, we're saying your way of life. The reason why a lot of people haven't got the life they want is because their habits, the way of their life, is not serving them. Their lifestyle is not serving them. The things they do every single day. Thriving in the whole new world is when you have this realization, there is no change in my life without a change in my daily routine. Better habits give you a better life. And right now, it's all about creating better habits. Wake up one hour earlier. Let go of toxic people. Let go of drama. Stop being so caught up in bad news and gossip. Start doing something for yourself that's going to make you smile. Like Ralph Smart, Deep Divers. Stop letting fear win and start giving love a chance. Thriving in the new earth, a cashless society that's upon us, digital IDs. Now, many people say, Ralph, I get so many messages, like thousands of messages every single day, Deep Divers. And a lot of people say, Ralph, your videos really help to wake me up. Like, I remember watching you when you had the beautiful afro like a decade ago. I'm like, thanks. I've now got five children, Ralph, and they all watch you. I'm like, that's fantastic. <laughs> Some people say, Ralph, I started to watch you in 2017, and your, and your videos really helped me. Some people say, Ralph, I, I was watching you during the lockdown period, and your videos really helped me. And some people are like, Ralph, I just saw one of your videos like four hours ago for the first time, and you're pretty awesome. And I'm like, thanks. People are getting the information. I've got a big platform. And I'm also on ralphsmart.com, right? Not just YouTube, right? ralphsmart.com. My books have gone all around the world. Feel Alive by Ralph Smart, number one best-selling book. The information is getting out there. And it's not just me, Ralph Smart. There are other people with big platforms, notably... Russell Brand was really kind of diving really deep into what was going on with COVID and all of that stuff, really helping people to wake up and see the bigger picture. And that was fantastic. Also, Joe Rogan. You know, when you see Joe Rogan's intro, what has he got? The third eye. Mm. Slow motion this side. Mm. And that's a good sign because you have people with a big audience spreading truth to power to the masses to millions of people ralph smart russell brand joe rogan but more so i see so many people like doing it as well in their own way you don't have to have a big platform each one teach one and it's this whole principle of realizing it takes one candle to light a thousand and this is a good sign because this is, this is a great sign because this is how we thrive in the new us. Your old way of life is ending. A new world is coming. People are no longer sugarcoating how they feel. They're letting it out all into the open. 
They're speaking their heart and mind, even if their voice shakes. They're realizing they didn't come here to please their family or their friends 24-7. They came here to live their authentic truth. There's a great split happening between 3D and 5D. It's a split of consciousness between those who are freeing themselves from the Babylon system and those who are still addicted to it through their habits and ignorance. And this is the reason why, deep divers, I know a lot of you have internal problems with your family, sometimes your spouse, because you're waking up, they're still stuck in the matrix. And thriving in the new earth is all about realizing it's not personal. It's just that everyone wakes up, no pun intended, at a different time. Everyone has a different level of consciousness. Some people can see through this big-ass illusion from like a mile away. It's all a big illusion. And you wake up from the illusion when you find out who you really are. And many people go on this quest. They travel. They do the soul-searching. They come to a forest. They go to the beach. They go hiking, right, to really find out who they really are. And that's what it's all about. And some people are like, hey, you're wasting your time. Just be like everyone else. You see, I always tell you, anyone who is not unplugged from the matrix is still a potential agent. And therefore, you've got to take it not so personal. Realize a lot of people are still programmed, brainwashed by the mainstream media, by their friends who are still brainwashed and programmed as well. But there are so many people right now, millions, who are waking up from the deep sleep. Get out, pardon? Get out. That was a great film, right? And the guy was stuck in the sunken place. Think he went down. And thriving in the new world, thriving in the new earth, your old way of life is ending, deep divers. The new world is coming. It's all about you moving out of the sunken place of ignorance. Even in the Bible, it tells you, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You see, for thousands of years, we have believed this statement. Ignorance is bliss. Like the more you don't know, the happier you'll be. Well, you see, that served humanity in the age of Pisces because that was all about believing. But we're entering the age of Aquarius, which is all about knowing. And therefore, ignorance is no longer... Listen, therefore, ignorance is no longer bliss. I'm going to stop that um, audio there because it's a long one. There's actually several minutes. I think uh, it's a 27-minute audio. I just want you to think about watching, subscribing to Ralph's Smart channel. If you are struggling with the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the sadness of letting go of anything in your life that's not serving you right now. This is where uh, Ralph Smart is just such a superstar in motivating us out of that low vibration of fear and anxiety and all the other emotions that keep us from making the hard choices of letting go, of divorcing even people in our lives who are not bringing us joy. This is so important in our decision to let go of anything is who are we listening to? Are you listening to people who are causing you sadness? Are you listening to vampires? Energy vampires will talk about all their problems, all their sadness, their depression, 
and they don't come up with solutions, and then they don't, they're not very good listeners of you. So if you have people in your life who are draining you and they're not offering you any solutions, then that's when you need a divorce. And we've got a, a Facebook listener, Frances, has joined us. Thank you, Frances, for joining us. She says, love first. We know love is all there is. The issue we're confronting are folks not knowing what love is. Divorce from ignorance. That is the word for the night. Divorce yourself from ignorance. And these people who are what we call racist, people who are shooting others with uh, using guns to resolve conflicts, this is where the ignorance shows up where people are not using love, compassion, prayer, meditation, all the higher uh, choices to bring uh, resolution to the hoarders, the clutterers, and those people who are caught up in a belief system that's no longer serving them. And I want to just point out a few things that Ralph brought out. Letting love guide you, of course, as Francis brings out, letting that guide you in your decision to either clean up your environment or clean up people in your life who are causing you more distress. And then uh, letting go of a sinking ship and stop listening to bad news. Bad news being the mainstream media, for the most part, that continually promotes division and fear. And once you make these simple choices of changing what you're hearing, whether it's toxic people, toxic news, you will find that you're, more, you're able to make better decisions on what you need to let go of. But if you're listening to toxic people, if you're not listening to people like Ralph Smart, he's just such a great motivator. I always look for his latest videos because he's so in touch with the time, the power of now. He's so in touch with what's going on now and how to overcome it or how to stay above the low vibration. That's what I love about this man and why I play him so much because he is someone who can continually keep you at a higher vibration so that you're not, wor- you're not worried about letting go of anything because you'll look into the future of what Ralph is talking about where the old belief system is dying. It's imploding. We saw uh, last week where this uh, ship, this uh, submarine ship, uh, attempted to sink into the waters, to go deep into the waters, only to find itself imploding. Why? Because it didn't have a strong vessel. There's so many metaphors in what happened with that submarine, and one of them that came to me was the the quality of the vessel, the quality of the vessel. What is uh, the value that you can put into this vessel to bring about strength and quality and not have to struggle with your emotions? This is the prize. This is the vessel that we need to invest in. And that was the reality that actually came to me when I had to let go of my car. (laughs) Emotions, emotions galore. But as I released it and and realized that the synchronicity around it 
and the divine circumstances that told me let go, I saw the blessings and the peace and the value that the creator wanted me to see in myself. And we cannot help our brothers and sisters who are attached to things more than than love and people. We can't help them if we don't work on ourselves. This is an important time, age of Aquarius, to work on ourselves. This is what this show is all about, is reminding us that our belief system is going to catapult us, is going to be transformative as we work on ourselves and realize how valuable we are. So uh, let's see, I'm, I'm thinking that we're past the time for a, let's see, our next commercials, but I don't see any text from Naima. So I wanted to do a meditation uh, for all of us to improve our focus on what is valuable and what is um, can improve our relationship with our things. We improve our relationship in the way that we don't need so many things, that we start healing the consumerism that we've all been addicted to, the, thing, the thoughts that the mind talking about, mind renewal, that we need all these things in our life and we don't. When we renew our thinking and and listen to people who motivate us, we begin to realize how little we need to live in peace, to live in grace, to live in love. Because the water that we witness in the rain the water we witness in our showers, the water speaks to us of what is really needed and what we do not have to uh, strive for. We don't have to strive for water. Water is everywhere. And it's just a shame that we have to pay for it so much to get clean water. But today we can really think about the value of water, how we are born of water, and so forth. So that's the meditation that I want to play for us. Born of water, cleansed and powerful, I am. Think about how powerful you are in your natural state of flesh, bones, and the water that flows in this vessel of great value that can help us look at our things and and our belief system about what we, what do we really need. And many of us are in the past holding on to reminders of the past and just meditating on a daily basis to heal the wounds that keep us attached to things can be the beginning of a process to really clean our environment and see the beauty of having less instead of more. So let us take some time now to close our eyes, close our eyes, do some deep breathing, and think about the simplicity of water and who you really are, how how you look at yourself as the great I am, part of a beautiful, beautiful system of nature 
that does not need a lot of things, but that needs to value this temple and sacred temple more. So let's close our eyes and take deep breaths as we listen to the words of this
Inhale, inhale, inhale deeply. Hold it, hold it. And exhale. Inhale, inhale, inhale. And expray. And with your eyes closed, imagine that you're in an empty room. An empty room in a house that you don't know who the owner of the house is, but you're being told that this can be your house. And imagine that you're only given five things that you can bring into this house. Imagine what would those five things be for you that would bring you the most joy, the most power, and love in your life, more love in your life. What five things would you choose to bring into an empty room that you've been given a beautiful house with no furniture? What five things would you choose to bring more love, more joy, and comfort and peace in your life? And that's a meditation that you can do every day, every day to make a shift if you choose to change your environment so that it serves you and not your past. Because many of us are living in the past instead of living in the now moment, which is where all the power is in this now moment. And as we prepare, as we prepare to move into the future, we are looking at a more powerful life, a more uh, loving life. And each one of us, each one of us can think about how we can help our brothers and sisters who are struggling with the things that they're attached to. How can we help them provide or prepare for the future and create a new environment that will bring them more love, joy, and peace. How can we help each other create a more beautiful environment inside and outside? How can we do that? Think about that every morning. How, as you open your eyes each morning, expressing gratitude for your breath, expressing gratitude for a roof over your head, for food in your house if you have food, even if you don't have food. If you don't have food, gratitude for a fasting time, a fasting time, a time to connect more with your breath and to trust in the creator the divine energy that gives you life more than food. Uh, Naima, I did not play the commercial, so if you would like to play commercials for us, um, the last group of commercials, then I'll open your mic. Um, Unmuted. No, we were in a meditation, and so I'm going to open up the mic of Naima. And I want you to think about during this commercial those five things that you would bring into your life that would bring you more joy, more peace, love, and harmony. Because that's the mission we're on for the rest of our lives. 
Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced. And we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. morning a struggle to get out of bed into the swing of things well don't worry you are not alone join us for thought-provoking stimulating and mindful conversations on higher learning with zelda speaks for your monday morning mindfulness session on blog talk radio the female solution mondays 7 30 until 9 a.m be sure and send your ideas thoughts comments and suggestions also if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. is going to be on social media uh, tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 Central, 8 to 10 Eastern. She'll be bringing some wisdom and conversation about, I believe, social media and what it's meant for you to you and how we can improve and uh, probably, you know, getting away from it and, and analyzing it. And so don't miss that show tomorrow. We're going to bring a lot of wisdom to that with Zelda Monday morning mindfulness, and be sure and be there early so you can have a breath work with Zelda. Social media, here's her topic. Is social media making your life better or worse? Great question that we all need to be asking. And if it's not making your life better and more peaceful, 
then it's time to divorce yourself or at least reduce the time you're spending on it. Our mission, I believe our mission, and and feel free to press one. We only have uh, about five minutes left if you have some comments on this. But I believe our mission going forward is to, number one, work on ourselves. Get rid of the triggers that cause you to react with anger or bitterness or fear. Find out why you're reacting. Triggers are a gift, in my opinion. When you get triggered and, oh, why did you do that to me? Why did you say that? It's a, it's a, a sign that you need to work on your inner healing, your inner, your subconscious memory. Find out why are you angry about something another person does or says. Work on that and come. If you need help, I'm available, your holistic life coach. And more than anything, work. Uh, join us on the Female Solution every Monday, every morning, five days a week, and even Saturday at noon. And then back here on Sunday night, we're here to help you uh, understand the triggers in your life. Deal with the triggers in your life and learn how to respond with love because the way we help our brothers and sisters who are attached to the things that are called that are have dust on them and the things that are not bringing them joy the way we help them is to just heal the wounds and bring love have, you know be enthusiastic about showing love compassion and more wisdom and then secondly Work on surrounding yourself and your environment with things, only things that bring you joy. If you have lots and lots of books in your environment and they're full of dust and they're old books that you're not reading anymore, eh, time to get rid of them. If you're not reading books anymore, if you're not using them for reference, resource, then you can find most of that information on the Internet and save those books that are of value in the sense that that information is not available anymore, if they're historical information. And if you haven't memorized that wisdom from those books, then maybe you should save those books. Otherwise, get rid of them. You can find all that information on the Internet. Surrounding yourself, our, our mission going forward as of this day for the rest of our lives into Uh, the age of Aquarius, into the age of high technology, high wisdom. It's time to work on yourself and surround yourself with people and things, only things that bring you joy, peace, and harmony. So I want to thank you all for joining me this evening. Um, If you don't have any more comments or questions, we're going to play our uh, greeting, our farewell greeting. Uh, Thank you all uh, in Facebook land. And uh, remember starting the tomorrow morning, waking up with joy and gratitude, waking up with gratitude and planning our days. We're going to plan our days to let go of anything and every person that is toxic and not helping us grow in love, compassion, and letting go of fear and any any relationships that are toxic. If you're still arguing every day 
or find yourself in conflict with people in your life, ah, time to divorce them. I know that may be hard for some of you. You're probably addicted to people who are either very controlling and you've been enabling for a long time, and it's time to look differently at those relationships because they're not going to help you. They're not going to be of service to you as you raise your vibration in this coming age of Aquarius. We are, it's time for us all to come together, love harmony, stop the conflict, stop the arguing, and treat each other with respect and say, adios, you're not in my life anymore because I don't want to argue with you anymore. I want to bring unity, unity, unity. Because the media, the government, and the drug, the medical system are all about division and, and bringing sickness and weakness to our society. So we as a conscious people need to rise up and create unified, harmonious connections and relationships, starting with your own environment. If your environment is not bringing you joy, then it's time to change that environment, and we're here to help you every day on The Female Solution. So uh, everybody have a great week. It's a new week, and uh, I'm actually preparing to travel maybe to Cuba in the next couple of weeks, so I'm excited about um, preparing my mind, body, and emotions to do something different in my life that brings me joy. Now that I don't have a car, now that I've let go of my car, let go of relationship with an invest, I'm working on me. I'm investing in me. And I hope that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato. Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Basiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Giabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, 
Shukran. Shukran. Assalam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And, to all my and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. Thank you.